Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Basketball by Association. My name is Arky Shay. That is Mr. Joel C. Cortez. Joel, let me tell you something about the basketball. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, lots of people uh, think the round ball is kind of fun. I'm one of them. Uh, but some of them want to sort of distract from the biggest story in basketball by talking about how hot the Milwaukee Bucks are. And I get it. They've won like 16 straight games. That's a lot. Uh, with, with Giannis and without Giannis, which is impressive. Yeah, and that's fine. He's out there buying Nashville soccer teams. That's good. Here's the thing that's important. The New York Knicks are white hot too. Uh, the New York Knicks are coming for that home hosting round coming up by the end of this season. They've won seven in a row. So don't let Giannis and his off-the-court ventures uh, distract you from the real news, which is we be balling in and I see, baby. All right. Well, they're Beating nine and the one. the Celtics their... along the way. Come on. This ain't nothing, man. They're nine and one in their last 10. We will give them that. They're looking they are better. They're 10 and two since, since uh, February 1. How about that? Huh? Yeah. And, and you and I have more impressively, not so much you, more impressively me. I have been very respectful to the Knicks all season long. It's the first time in a while where I've been this respectful to them. And I like their roster. I like the group. I don't know that they're in the top four as far as like the elite goes, but I think they're very capable of at least winning a playoff round and making a series of it in the semifinals. And that in and of itself is a major step forward on where they have been over the last couple of years. And you never know what happens. A team gets hot like the Knicks and they win a semifinals round that maybe they weren't supposed to, and you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and you take your shot. Like, stranger things have happened. Before we go any further on that, however, it's time to name the episode. And speaking of the Knicks, let's be as disrespectful to the Knicks as possible with this choice, because it's someone that Knicks fans do not like. Do not like. I have a bunch of them to be, be fair with Yes, you. <laughs> yes. It, it's not a former Knicks player, so it's not a self-hatred type of thing because there's many of those Knicks guys. 
It's episode 137. There's only one player in NBA history who's ever logged 137 career playoff games. So this is not me being salty or snarky and trying to twist the knife on you. It's just the guy we got by default. And he's a one-time all-star. He, which surprised me because I didn't even think that he would be an all-star, but he got into the all-star game averaging 10 points and 9.9 rebounds per game and 1.3 blocks. What the hell was wrong with the all-star game in 1999-2000 that that qualified someone as an all-star? Nonetheless, this guy was a very solid career starter throughout a, a long, productive time. Um, I can't really name off a whole bunch of like plaudits of, oh, he got this award and that award, because he just didn't get any other awards besides the one-time All-Star. That's literally it. So you know it's not Reggie Miller, but it is one of Reggie Miller's teammates from that era of when the Knicks and the Pacers were not exactly on speaking terms. And when they did speak, it had to be bleeped out. Man, I, I'm not getting anywhere closer. His career high was 11.7 points per game and okay. 10.9 rebounds per game. That was in 93-94. Okay. Um, so you know it's not Rick Smith's because he scored more okay. points than that. Um, Maybe this will narrow it down. Played for the Pacers for eight seasons. Okay. Then went to the Blazers, did three and a half seasons there. After that, bounced around for a while. Golden State, Indiana, did a couple years in Detroit. But unfortunately, he got to Detroit one year too late and missed out on a championship. He did get to go to the finals the following year where they were beat by the Spurs. Can you give me a position? I think I might have one or two guesses. Give me a position. Well, knowing that he averaged 10 rebounds a couple of times per game right. or was close to it, it's uh, it's a big man. Well, I was wondering if, I was gonna, if we were going to go forward or center, and he could play either. Yeah, and did play and, either, and it ain't Rick Smiths. It's not Rick Smiths. The only guy I could think of late nineties, early two thousands. That kind of. He's a Clemson guy, born in Georgia. I'm not going to remember where he had. He had a. He had Dale a, Davis. It's Dale Davis. Yeah. No, it is. Is it, it Dale is. Davis? Really? Dale, Dale Davis, Davis was an all star. Dale Davis was somehow an all-star okay. in 99-2000 at age 30, averaging 10 points, 10 boards, and a block per game. He made the yeah. all-star game. Today we talk about people like getting snubbed <laughs> when they're averaging 20 and 10. My goodness. Like, I understand that was the lockout season and it was weird, but there's there's no excuse for that. And this is not disrespecting Dale Davis. Like there was a lot of good players in the league around that time, and Dale Davis was. Hold on, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find that All Star roster real quick. You can keep talking. Yeah, like, it yeah, can't like not have been good. I, again, I don't I don't want to disrespect because there is he he was an unsung guy. He was a literal dirty work, roll up your sleeves, blue collar type of player that was big in the '90s. That was big in the '80s. Um, you know, like a Rick Mahorn, guys like that, where they just came in, they solidified your defense, they could rebound, they could knock somebody to the floor. I mean, Dale and Antonio Davis, that was their job. That was the one job in Indiana was you got to stand up to the Knicks front line. You got to be able to knock Jordan on his butt. You got to be able to play against the Pistons who were still 
somewhat of a threat in the early 90s. Like, okay, so, I, so I've got this. It's the uh, 2000 All-Star game in Oakland. Um, and, wow, this is just... Wow, okay. Uh, it's so, a murderer's row, isn't it? <laughs> so the, the MVPs were Tim Duncan and Shaq. Um, uh-huh. The West uh, won that game 137-126. Uh, back when you had to score a little, I guess, not a ton, to be able to win that thing. Uh, okay, so here's your starters for the East. Uh, Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. uh, he was the uh, third leading vote getter. The second leading vote getter was Alonzo Mourning. Okay. Uh, and the top vote getter was Vince Carter. I was going to say, Vince has to be in there. Yeah, and if, in fact, yeah. uh, all three of those were the three most voted players in the entire year okay. uh, for that game. Then the Which other two. Sense. The other two starters were Grant Hill mm-hmm. and Eddie Jones. Wow. Yeah. Now, I knew Eddie Jones had a couple All-Stars under his belt. I did not remember that he had ever started any of them. But people forget, like, that was a guy averaging not just 20 points per game, but like 25 per game a couple of times in his career. Well, he had 10 points in this game. How's that? <laughs> so uh, yeah. then the reserves were Ray Allen, Allen okay. Houston, of yeah. course. What? I, yeah. mean, I don't know how he didn't make one any a year. Uh, Reggie Miller. Okay. Uh, that was his fifth selection. Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah. Dale Davis and Glenn Robinson each making their first, and Dikembe Mutombo uh, making his sixth. Were there that few bigs in the in the East at that I point guess. in ninety nine two thousand that like this is ridiculous, and this just shows how bad like coked up Sean Kemp was coming back to the Cavs so overweight that Sean Kemp is not making the all-star team for the East and Dale Davis is instead. And again, I understand like you would watch Davis's game and there was a lot of intangibles in there, but intangibles don't translate to all-star appearances typically. So yeah, well, it is what this? it is. Your We've spent so much time on, on double D now. Your rising stars challenge for is when we talk about big men in the East, uh, Elton Brand, mm-hmm. uh, Todd McCulloch. <laughs> uh, Do we got an Eddie Curry sighting in there yet? Uh, Eddie and then Tyson Curry... Chandler aren't, aren't there yet they're like a year away i think yeah uh, we got a uh a rifle of friends well he's in denver <laughs> so it's different yep. and uh also in the west we got michael olo candy oh my goodness we we man did the league not want him to suck <laughs> okay so that i guess not the banner year for the nba that we no. might, might have been able to hope no the all lockout right, so, was a weird uh, year <laughs> all right fair enough the dale davis episode i guess all right uh, let's get to some of these news and notes real quick. Uh, besides mm-hmm. the Knicks being super good. Um, I gotta say that I feel like there is a BBA curse going. We gave a lot of love to LeBron James for his longevity. Mm-hmm. Right. And he has had some injuries before, but you know, for the most part, he was doing really good throughout his career. Yeah. I mean, like immediately once the game started back after we gave him sort of the love, right? Uh, he's got an injury where he's down for at least two more weeks before he will be reevaluated. Yeah. And the story is that it's going to be more than two more weeks that probably after that, uh, because he doesn't seem close to be coming back and they're going to reevaluate because who knows where the Lakers will be at that point. And by the way, this off the heels of, you know, Anthony Davis, who's a, a fragile little thing mm-hmm. himself, not playing on the second out of a back-to-back uh, last night as we're recording this. So, um, it's hard to, like, have a lot of confidence in the Lakers now, right? I got a buddy of mine who 
is from LA originally and not from like the hoity-toity flashy part of LA. He's from like streets of LA. He is a diehard Lakers fan. He is a true real Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. And he and I got a chance to talk the other day. We were having lunch and he said, Joel LeBron ain't coming back. He's not, he, he might play another season or two, but he's not playing the rest of this year. It's like mm-hmm. indefinite at this stage of the year. LeBron's already done this to us once where he could have come back kind of sort of and chose not to play through the play-in round. And he's taking care of his body. That makes sense. But this is the type of injury, like there's just not enough time. And we both kind of lamented the fact that like, yes, LA, it was highway robbery to trade Russell Westbrook and get three different starting caliber players from a playoff team from last year for next to nothing. Even he admits that he can't understand how they pulled that (laughs) off. They're not world beaters, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, but it is a huge seismic shift for that roster from what it was to get a high motor guy like Vanderbilt. Beasley's another high motor guy who can knock down shots and D'Angelo Russell as a irrational confidence guy who will not be overshadowed you know, the moment's not going to overshadow him playing in LA. He's going to still jack the same shots that he always jacks. He's going to make enough of them to make you believe. And he's a phenomenal pocket passer like him and Anthony Davis. They're going to look really good together. And they have already. And so we were both like lamenting the fact that right when the Lakers who I will give them this, they have been competitive and they've been fighting all year long to stay where they've been at. This has not been a, a type of disaster season like last year where you had the old guys who just couldn't hack it and the team gave up after a while. Like the Lakers have fought and they finally yeah. get some reinforcements and then LeBron goes down and we're yeah. like, and you know, even if LeBron somehow magically comes back, it is now Murphy's law written in stone that the game that LeBron comes back this season will be the game that Anthony Davis goes down for four weeks. Like it's just, mm. it's, it's been in the card. So I feel I don't feel bad for the Lakers because they have so many things that have gone their way and they've gotten lucky so many times in their history, including this season with the Russell Westbrook trade, but I don't feel good for them either. I don't, I don't love this. I'm not yeah. rejoicing over their demise. It does I'll say this. I think a lot of people sort of uh, just get mad at the Lakers because everyone talks about them, including the show all the time. Now this show probably does better than most as far yeah, as we try to steer ig- ignoring them because they're just the Lakers, mm-hmm. but this is a major story uh, yeah. for them. And because we had had some confidence, you more so than me, that they might be able to sort of string something together. I mean, still I now they're only a game out of the play in, right? Like there's still a chance for them to, you know, be in the postseason as far as, how much damage can you do when and if LeBron is able to be? Because that's a big piece of this puzzle. Like this is, this is the it's biggest, the piece. second biggest piece. I think it's the second biggest. What's I, the I first biggest? It's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis it, can't get on the court, man. Well, but that's the thing, and that's what holds them back is because he hasn't been on the court. Well, I mean, I think LeBron's bigger just because you've been able to count on that more and been able to fight with that more. Anthony Davis is a bonus if you get him at this point, right? Um. Anyway, so I didn't want to belabor that point. I just wanted mm-hmm. to say uh, that the BBA curse is uh, officially on. Uh, so sorry, not Davis. sorry, Lakers fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also want to talk about the uh, the debut 
of one Mr. Kevin Durant uh, in Phoenix. He has 23 points in 27 minutes. Uh, Devin Booker has a bang-out game, goes for, I think, 30, uh, 35, 36 or something in that game. 37. Uh, 37. You're, you're climbing up there, yeah. 37, 7, and 6. I didn't mean to shortchange him. Devin Booker talked about how he was sort of look out there at Kevin Durant being on the court with him and say it didn't sort of feel real uh, to, to him. And I sort of feel the same way. That doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a real thing. But this is sort of the beginning of what we think might be Phoenix's best shot at this whole thing. Before I get to the Durant stuff, I want to just throw out a couple of odd notables from that game. Number one, Phoenix, you win. That's great. But you beat the Charlotte Hornets, who don't have LaMelo Ball and don't have a lot of their other pieces. So congratulations, I guess. And you talk about it being a surreal game. Not only was it weird to see... Kevin Durant in a Suns uniform, but it was an alternate Suns uniform, so it wasn't even the normal stuff. And then the Charlotte Hornets, this is the first time I've seen this all year, which shows you how little I've watched the Hornets for good reason. They're <laughs> yeah, on their alternate <laughs> they're on their alternate floor in their alternate jerseys. I like the color scheme of like the gold and black, though that's been done so many times by other teams. And yeah. Charlotte's alternate floor looks exactly like what the OKC Thunder trotted out about 10 years ago. Like it's blatant plagiarism. Okay. And then they're wearing a jersey trying to be all hip and cool like these other teams that trot out the three-letter city jerseys. But for Charlotte, they abbreviated it CLT. And every time I watched it, my mind is going... It sounds like you're saying a part of the female anatomy. Mm-hmm. And every time I see it, I can't take it seriously. It I was can't a, believe it was a weird game. It was I can't game. believe they ever did that. Like, this is not the first time they do it. But, like, you, you sort of look at it and you're like, yeah. no, come on, man. I showed that to my wife and she's like, wait, that's for real? <laughs> no one thought to stop them from that? I'm sorry. <laughs> do you not travel to Charlotte's airport often? They love. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? You're cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. That. Uh, I don't know if they love that. It's weird. Yeah, it's super Charlotte's weird. It's always been abbreviated CHA in the NBA. Like, there's no mm. reason nah. to try to switch that up right now. Like, Listen, try to sell, go with, try to sell go jerseys, Buzz bro. City. Just go Buzz City. Like, I don't know. It, but anyway, to, to Kevin Durant. Um, it was a good, solid first game. He kept it fairly simple. Yeah, like 23 um, and 27. That's in 27. Like, that's pretty good, right? It, no, it, it was. And he was able to get to his, his spots. Yeah. But again, you're playing a Charlotte Hornets team that's walking wounded at this point. They're, they're roadkill. Like, God, talk about another franchise. You're like, man, just they just can't ever get it together. Yeah. Like, some, yeah. something's just always going wrong for them. So, I... It, it, it was a good warm-up type of game to go against a team like that where 
you're almost in practice mode. How am I going to fit with everybody? I'm going to get to my spots. I'm going to knock things down. But it is not a playoff-like atmosphere. They're not coming after us all that hard. So what we saw was good. And I don't want to take away from that. There's a lot more work and a lot more testing to be done when they get up against you know the tough upper echelon teams. But I think Kevin Durant's role here in Phoenix is going to be a lot different than it was in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, he was the number one on a team that outside of when they had James Harden for five minutes, and Harden was really a shell of himself anyway, they did not have another guy on that team who could carry you. Like Kyrie Irving is elite at certain portions of the game, but he's not a number one. He's proven that many, many times. He's not necessarily a winning player unless he's in a winning system. And Durant, we know, had to bear an inordinate amount of the burden in Brooklyn because guys were hurt or sitting themselves out. You had a supporting cast that was okay, but there was a lot of flux in that too. Now coming to Phoenix, Kevin Durant gets to do what he did in Golden State. He gets to be so good that the defense has to account for him at all times, but they can't possibly double team and build the entire defensive game plan around him because Devin Booker is that good also on the offensive end. And the Suns still have one of the all-time elite delivery systems in Chris Paul. And they have a guy who is an above-average finisher from multiple levels in DeAndre Ayton. So Durant does not have to be the number one alpha guy all the time, but he will when called upon Mm. on nights that Booker needs the help or whatever. And it's going to open up, which we saw last night for Devin Booker, 15 of 26 for 37 points. It's going to open up Book so much because now the defense cannot tee off on him either. And it creates an elite type of balance. I know there's going to be major question marks with this team about what does this do to the supplementary scores? Their numbers are going to go way down. I'm not real worried about that. The only worry I have about these Phoenix Suns without Mikhail Bridges, are they tough <laughs> enough? Are they hard nosed enough when they get into a slugfest type of series I think specifically with the Memphis Grizzlies is a type of team where they're going to punch you, shove you, kick you, push you, do all this stuff and uglify the game. Are the Suns built to beat that sort of thing? But I like the Suns' chances against a lot of the other Western teams that are very talent heavy. You know, you you look at uh, Denver, for example, Golden State, Dallas. I like Phoenix's chance against any of those. Sacramento just probably doesn't have enough experience yet. Um, the only other team where I could see this being an issue would, would be the Clippers. Like the Clippers have enough wing players, including elite wings. You can match up Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker pretty nicely and go, all right, let's have everybody else figure out the rest of this series. Cause it ain't going to be Durant and it ain't going to be Booker, you know? Um, so I, I like I like where this is going for Phoenix. They're already up into the fourth seed. They probably, I think, can surpass Sacramento by the end of the season and get up into the third place, which is a coup for Phoenix, given how far they had fallen off just a couple of weeks ago. But they're not invincible with Kevin Durant. There, there is a template to maybe beat this team. Yeah, oh, I think so. Sure. I mean, I, but again when it will all as the league also often is it is going to be so matchup oriented 
right? Which one of these teams does Phoenix get punched up against uh, first and then secondly afterwards? And, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with your assessment on who they may struggle with uh, at this point, but I've also seen one game with Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker and company. So I think they got like 18 or 19 games left to sort of, you know, figure out some of those and then start to figure out the matchup. So I don't have much of a problem. You know who does have a problem? Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they have a problem mm-hmm. because when on the floor at the same time, Luka and Kyrie, uh, no bueno. Uh, as far as at least winning with the game on the line, mm-hmm. close games. I think they're one mm-hmm. and four together uh, on, on the court at the same time. Yeah, and they've all been very close. Very close finishes. games. That you, could, you could make an argument both ways. Uh, Joel, that they're sort of figuring things out. They're two mm-hmm. sort of uh, alphas trying to figure out which one's going to be the alpha at the end, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So let me ask you, Joel, do you think this is a bad pairing? Do you think this just one of those rolls of the dice where unfortunately they've been on the losing side of some of these close games early in these mm-hmm. two, in this relationship, mm-hmm. uh, or is this a sign of things to come? I think it's an imperfect pairing and it was from the start, but Dallas often chases big stars, rarely gets them. They got Kyrie for a fairly nice price, even though it's risky because Kyrie is an expiring contract. But Dallas is probably going to have a lot of leverage because there's going to be a lot of teams that just won't even talk to Kyrie in in free agency at this point. So um, I get how and why they rolled the dice on him. There is absolutely, I think, the caveat of they're still figuring it out. So we have to give a little bit of grace here. but it, the the solution to this problem to me is relatively easy. Hmm. And this is a Jason Kidd and a Luka Doncic issue, not a Kyrie issue. As I've watched a couple of those games down the stretch, Luka defers to Kyrie. Kyrie defers back to Luka. They're both trying to be good teammates. Neither of them is being selfish. They're seeing the other guy in a position to score and going, you're more open than I am. Go do this. No, 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 no. Luka Doncic. This is your team. You're the MVP candidate. Jason Kidd, you're the head coach. The ball goes through Luka at the end of the game, just like it has before, full stop. Kyrie can be a shot maker down the stretch, just like any other guy, but you do not have to run stuff for him at the end of that game. Run it through Luka. Luka will find Kyrie, who is an excellent jump shooter, an underrated cutter at times too. Kyrie will will put himself in a position to be available. Um, right now, through a couple of those games, Kyrie was kind of standing around waiting for something to happen because he probably doesn't know the play. Luca though was also standing around waiting for something to happen. Luca definitely knows the play, so it's it's simplification time. It's kind of like when the Minnesota Timberwolves got Rudy Gobert at the beginning of the season, and they were trying so hard to integrate him offensively. They were running stuff in the first quarter for him all the time, and it just put everybody off balance. And it wasn't until they backed away from that and went, screw it. Rudy Gobert doesn't need plays run for him. We don't need to integrate him. He just needs to rebound and block shots and set screens and roll to the basket and do Rudy Gobert stuff. This is Anthony Edwards' team. We're going to run everything through Edwards and D'Angelo Russell will get the ball sometimes and Gobert will get his shots where he gets his shots. And once they made that change, everybody else got much more comfortable. And I think right now they're just as 
this idea of trying to get Kyrie comfortable, but the way to do that is going to be to let Luca be Luca and win games. Yeah, we may have a different story if we had also had these two on the court at the same time ever since Kyrie got to, to Dallas, but we didn't get that uh, because of uh, the injury early on when Kyrie got, very true. That's got very to Dallas. True. So we could have a, of I can't remember how many games it was, it could be, we could have a four and four situation or a five and four situation or something like that where it looks a little bit different. Unless they're only two games out of a home playoff uh, series uh, to start the uh 2023 uh, playoff slate so you know things aren't miserable uh right now uh but you do have one of those teams that uh, ahead of you would be like a phoenix for example and they feel like they they know exactly what they got they just got to start figuring out the rust off of everybody and get the flow together Kyrie and luke have had a little bit more time together i would have liked to see this uh, look a little better Early, some people seem our, our negative Nancy's on Kyrie. Say so he's there to be, he's going to be a guy that sort of blows up the culture, and maybe that happens. You I can see, see where they're coming quickly. from on that point, right? Yeah, yeah you can well, see where people are coming from. There's a little history there, um, but I don't think there's enough history in Dallas to say that that's anywhere near the case. I think that's a great assessment by you. Is that these are two guys that are going out of their way to sort of not be the super selfish guy and also recognize the other teammates ability to be able to do well what they've done so well wherever they are so it's luke obviously in dallas all the time and Kyrie, wherever he's been throughout his career so both players are trying to say look i know you can do this i want you to be a part of the team i'm cool with it here's the ball when it should sort of be like hey luca in this situation Ball should be yours. Let's let's find a way to get the ball to you at this point. Um, what, and- one of these players is an MVP candidate and the other is not. And not just an MVP candidate, an MVP front runner. Like that should just solve the issue right there. And so when Jason Kidd is like, we need to mature and, and close out these games and we need to grow up. I'm kind of pointing the finger back at Jason Kidd going, you're the coach. Yeah. Get, get on that, out. Luca. Let, solve let- it. Tell that guy to be the alpha dog a little bit more. So this is his team. He's been there long enough to be able to say that. Everyone everyone knows whose jocks there is bigger than everybody else at this point. He's earned it. So just tell him, just go to him. And I don't know if you have to, I don't think Kyrie has to go to him and say, hey, man, should I be deferring to you? Like, Luke, could you say, hey, man, this is my town. All right. You know, like, I want you here. We're going to play here. We're going to play great together. But in those kind of moments, we're going to do everything to find me the ball. So give me the ball. Uh so until that doesn't work, then I, I, I think it's sort of unfair to sort of uh, judge where Dallas is at at this point. But the beautiful thing is, if and when Luca does that and really doubles down on, yeah, I'm going to hog the ball because I'm setting people up. I'm not deferring. I am setting people up. When he does that, Kyrie's going to be more open and more available. And then if he misses a shot, it's no different than if Tim Hardaway Jr. or Reggie Bullock or any of the other Mavericks misses a three. Okay, it happens, but you got a good look. It was within the flow of things. It wasn't forced, and you let the ball bounce where it was going to bounce. Hopefully, Luka is taking more of those shots himself, but you understand that as a distributor and as a team player, like a LeBron James, like a Nikola Jokic, He's going to try to score, but if he sees somebody so wide open, he's going to pass them the ball because it's the right thing to do, and they're going to live and die with that shot. You can feel fine about that if Kyrie makes or misses it when it was a good look. What you can't 
feel good about is some of these end game situations where it's kind of been a hot potato type of thing Mm -hmm. and they just don't look comfortable as far as the shot they're going to take. Is there anybody or anything you want to mention before we definitely get in on this time? Because I do want to just mention briefly Milwaukee, if you don't mind. I just want to uh, touch on Quinn Snyder being hired by the Atlanta Hawks after Who? Nate McMillan was fired. Uh, yeah. um, okay, yeah. so let, let's get to Quinn Snyder. Uh, mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder, uh, veteran coach, uh, is now in for the uh, now-removed uh, Nate McMillan. Um mm-hmm. Okay, let me just give it to you. Give, give, give me a couple of thoughts on it. Like, do you think this is a good enough fit for Atlanta? Clearly, a change had to be made. Like, the, the, the locker room was, was lost with mm-hmm. McMillan, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Quinn Snyder is the type of guy that can sort of uh, wrangle these uh, these kids, so to speak, and, and get the focus in the right direction? Quinn Snyder had a brand in Utah, and it was, we're going to run a system. It's going to be very egalitarian. The ball's going to move. We are going to defend. We're going to be a tough team, a professional team, a consistent team every single night. You can make whatever accusations you want about the fact that Utah did not have long-term playoff success there. Whether you want to point the finger at the fact that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, maybe not a true elite number one and two punch, or whether you want to point some of the finger at Quinn Snyder to go, maybe you were a little too system heavy, but I thought he played with what he had and did a phenomenal job with it. Atlanta could use some of that. Like Nate McMillan did a good job of rallying the troops. He's been a 500 coach everywhere else in his career, including Seattle and Portland. And I think there's one other stop in there, Indiana. Not a lot of playoff success for Nate McMillan. Never really had like a brand or something that he hung his hat on. Like, this is what my teams will be. It was always just, oh, Nate McMillan's teams defend pretty well. And they kind of struggle a little bit offensively and they're good enough to make the playoffs. So I do think this is a step forward. The major question mark to me is you've had a lot of players. I don't want to say inmates running the asylum because that's too strong, but you've kind of had a loosey goosey atmosphere in Atlanta for a long time from the sounds of it, a very player driven atmosphere. Are the players currently there, especially the stars like Trey Young, John Collins? I worry less about DeJounte Murray. He's coming from San Antonio where he was used to that kind of thing. Are the players going to buy in and follow along with Quinn Snyder? Or is this going to be one of those where square peg, round hole, and the GM's got to make some tough choices about do I move players and bring in guys that are going to be amenable to this? Or otherwise this five-year contract for Quinn Snyder is going to look really silly really fast. Um, I think the players will fall in line. I think this is going to be a work in progress, Um, but it is a step forward. And look, Atlanta's got more talent right now on this roster than Utah ever did. So if Quinn Snyder... There's no reason they should be fighting where they are right now. Like It really is no reason. If Quinn Snyder can tighten this group up and get them to be more consistent and professional and find those roles for everybody, there's a there's a chance that Atlanta can meet the potential that we saw from them a couple seasons ago that had us all drooling about the Hawks as like the next top three team in the East. All right. If you don't mind, we'll wrap up with the bucks. Uh, I I watched uh, Milwaukee and Miami Friday night. Um, And the thing that was the first Kevin love game 
mm-hmm. back with the Miami Heat. He got in about mm-hmm. halfway in uh, of that game. No points. Congratulations. You got to where there's at least not snow. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> which is my favorite theory on this. Yep. And I think it's the right theory. Cash on the checks and flip-flops, baby. <laughs> um, The thing that I noticed the most about that game, except for besides the fact that that game looked like they were going to score 300 total points uh, uh, early in that game, turns out that would be the Sacramento game later that night <laughs> that would do that. Which I watched, uh, by the way. That that and the, the, the Kings and the Clippers game, phenomenal fun. It was so oh, ridiculous. It was, you know, people are always like, always, you know, bad mouth the NBA. Like you always get that stuff. It's like, you know why? You know why that was like the second highest score ever? Like it's because you don't always get that, right? And it was you double know, overtime. <laughs> yeah, let's, but whatever, right? People, you, you just you, whatever reason you want to hate something, you can find to hate it if you just want to nitpick. Absolutely. But I did. I, I was watching a lot of Milwaukee, and I was watching like Jay Crowder get in and get a standing ovation and stuff like that. I was. Uh, watching uh, Giannis and Middleton and Bobby Portis. And and I was watching all of this sort of beautiful ballet of basketball happening. Mm -hmm. And I really, for the first time in that game, sort of started thinking, okay, Milwaukee's going to be really hard to beat. Like Milwaukee's got just about everything that you're going to want for a, a championship, not only contender, but real, mm-hmm. like, actual uh, mm-hmm. horse for it. I, I don't know who out of the East can sort of really match up with them if they played the, at the level that they were playing at, at that time, that night when I was watching them, or has they been playing throughout this streak. I don't know of a lot of teams in the East or West that are, that are good matchups with Milwaukee. Milwaukee is really really good like this is an all like 99 level team uh if you play on 2k like this is they're really good the knock against the bucks over the last few years was Giannis is really good middleton is pretty good drew holiday is pretty good brooke lopez is helpful but man that bench and the supporting cast outside of bobby portis and sometimes you get a pat Connaughton sighting sometimes you get a grace and allen sighting it's a little bit old that doesn't really punch above its weight. If Giannis is really struggling, who is there to help? And now you look up and down the roster and you go, Javon Carter's got a role. He's played Mm -hmm. starters minutes there before he moves to the bench. Joe Ingles coming back from injury, but you can trust Joe Ingles to come in and do the right thing. Same thing with Jay Crowder. They're bringing Chris Middleton off the bench, which I love. I I know that they're they're trying to bring Middleton back to full health, and so they can monitor his minutes this way, but to split him and Giannis up and then still put them in at crunch time, love that idea bunches. They're a deep team now. So you've got a perennial MVP with some clear-cut number twos behind him, and they're deep. And that's why when I look at the Bucks, I don't have any worries about their ability to win a championship. Zero at this point, outside of, yep, Giannis has to be healthy, Middleton's got to be fully healthy. But that's that's the same concern you'd have for any team at any point. I look at the Boston Celtics and I go, I think Boston's starting five is still better than Milwaukee's starting five. But Yeah, maybe, but let me tell you this. Um, Boston's still playing their starters a ton of minutes. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have, no matter how good they've been, and they've led the East for the giant chunk of this season. Yep. They still play, even last night, like they play a thousand minutes for everybody and they don't need to all the time. They, we thought last year that stretch run from 
January 1 through the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You thought they sort of monitored some of those minutes a little bit more effectively and closely. They really haven't. They've really sort of played essentially the same, which is, to, to me, a little worrisome when you have a, like I say, a Milwaukee team that uh, is a little is a little fresher because you have guys coming back from injury, which, you know, it's some concern, but they're being nursed back to health. And once they're all ready to go, last couple of weeks of the season, especially in, into the playoffs, like, I don't know, I worry about for season-long legs, you know, I I, I do think Boston is as deep as Milwaukee. When I look at their roster, you know, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon could be starters. Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams, you can trust them with minutes. Sam Hauser has carved out a role for himself there. You know, Mike Muscala has played in some big games before as a shooter. They've got other guys in the mix, like um, Blake Griffin's played in big games before too. So I think Boston and Milwaukee are in a dead heat as far as the quality of their rosters. It's just a little bit different. Giannis is the better player than Jason Tatum. So Milwaukee has the better star. But Boston's starting five is slightly better. Otherwise, they're about even on paper. Philadelphia is still absolutely in this mix. They're going to go as far as Joel Embiid's health will carry them. And James Harden is going to need to make sure that he does not disappear in a super tough playoff series because the Sixers are going to get it whenever they run into the Bucks or the Celtics, and they will run into at least one of those two, probably both, if you're going to make it to the Eastern Conference, or to the, the NBA Finals. So, but Philly's really deep also. Philly, I think, this is probably the deepest Sixers team of the Joel Embiid it, era it, it, as it well. It is, but I'll just, I'll put it this way. Like, I feel, I feel like the top two in the East this year are so much harder for Philadelphia to get through than what they had the opportunities mm-hmm. to get through the last two years. Philadelphia that is, is deeper and yep. better, but man, it's going to be harder for them to get through. A hundred percent. I do feel like those three teams are probably going to give us some all-time classic playoff series. And the Knicks. When and, when and how they meet. The Knicks yeah. may be in that mix somewhere, but... You can, At least you, you can say someday. I appreciate it. As, as much as you love the Knicks, you can't, with a straight face, go, I would really love to see my Knicks in a dogfight with Philly for seven games or Milwaukee or Boston. For I'll seven take Boston. Games. Literally just beat Boston. I'll take Boston if I'm. You picking... want them in seven games for a series? Sweep them in four. Don't need seven. <laughs> Um, yeah, what, what are you talking about? No, I'll, all right, I'll, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> well, that's if they get to the series. No, I wouldn't mind whatever the Knicks got through in the potential second round. Um, one of those teams is at least knocked out of the race, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if I have my druthers. Philadelphia would be tough, Milwaukee would be impossible. But uh, Boston, I think they could, I think they could play six, seven games strong and probably win that. Final thought here for me, because I know we have a, we, we got to go, but in the Western conference, I look at those teams and I see the potential for some really great playoff series, but you just don't know who it's going to be. The West has been so weird all year. And some of the supposedly elite teams have been down. Denver still is at the top, but none of us are like true believers in the nuggets until they prove otherwise. So it's going to be very matchup based. I think it's going to be unpredictable. We're going to get some fun ones there. In the Eastern Conference, you know what the really good series are going to be, and we're all crossing our fingers that we get that by the semifinals and by the Eastern Conference Finals because Cleveland's in that mix as much as New York is. Like They're going to be a threat. They're going to be a fun team. I'm not sure how we can talk ourselves into Cleveland or New York getting past these top three, but they're going to be in the mix somewhere there in a fun series. But man, like... 
Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, bring it on. I don't want to fast forward through the rest of this season, but I am counting down the days till we get to watch those teams square well, off for a, a, a playoff. Those series. three teams are probably going to win a few more games, so we're mm-hmm. probably going to see them in the postseason, so you can assure that they're in, and you can also assure the New York Knicks, uh, who will be back in finally after a one-year hiatus. <laughs> Whatever that was. Weird. I don't even know how you have, you have a real champion uh, last year when it, it don't have the Knicks in it. <laughs> okay, whatever. What is true product of the New York media right here? Yeah, does the well, NBA hey, exist? This is <laughs> this is how we exist. This is how we make Dale Davis proud and agitate him. Really, to be honest with you, so. Dale Davis. This was the uh, second career NBA accolade that you've ever got. You had an episode named after you, <laughs> Basketball by Association. Where, if you want the video version, find us on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell over there. If you want the audio only version, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. It's in the books, Arky Shea. 137 is done. There we go. Bye-bye, folks. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.